first of all, we like thank you, bro. Uh, especially with the circumstances and all this stuff, <laughs> we definitely appreciate it. But uh, thank you for rocking with us, man. We definitely, definitely rock with you, man. We we appreciate your game as being NBA players. What what you bringing? What you continue to bring? So, man, thank you. We appreciate it. But the first question we ask everybody that come on the show is, uh, who's the first person that bust your ass when you <laughs> when you got to the league? Uh, Cole. You was a buck ninety, so Cole uh, was the first one in preseason. It, I ain't. It didn't really count because it's preseason. You in, Cole went at you in preseason. It was at the forum too, so it was at like the iconic special, arena. Special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stack Jack got thrown out at halftime of the preseason game, so <laughs> <laughs> so I had to come back. For some reason, I got switched on him. So he just bust my ass in one possession. So he like. There's a switch. She walked me down to the post, called for the ball. But I'm trying to do like the three quarter situation, yeah. <laughs> like make it look good for film and all that. And he like grabbed my knee and did the whole thing where he wasn't gonna let me move. And I'm like trying to get away, trying to get away. I'm yelling at the ref, thinking he's then gonna call an offensive foul on him. Don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, he got the ball, one quick shoulder to the chest, threw me like five feet back, turned Fade. around, jumper. That was a wrap. Then the second dude was Brandon Jennings. Brandon okay. Jennings. Brandon Jennings okay. had a, he had a double yeah. nickel against us. My he was, was, was That was a good one. I remember oh, that. I remember that. He was going now, through Everybody one remember now. that game. Everybody That was, that was look, that was like, I mean, like we his, what, about sixth that. or eighth or ninth game in the league yeah. or something? Yeah. It was, it was the first East Coast road trip. He had uh, 55 early in the game. He started he out dro- struggling, he dropped right? Me. But he dropped me early in the game, like the second quarter. We were trying to blitz him, and he like came off with the screen on the left side. There's a film of it too. Hit me with a quick little bop, you know, left right cross down to the middle, and I just sat down. BJ don't get the proper it. respect. Uh, like boy, that boy was, a, was that boy was a bad boy. He was out here killing fools, and he was like, you know, he kind of started that whole. I go overseas before I he go do this and he like did, and then prospered and came back and was still a lottery pick. So he kinda he kinda set the trend we, for that for we got a lot, lot of common I got a lot of common with him. Obviously the same draft class, but uh he was Under Armour's first signature shoe athlete. Yeah. So like he had six a couple six yeah. pairs too. So I remember just like, you know, seeing what they was putting out and all that and like five years later. Right. Uh, I was I was on the squad, so it's kinda crazy, all that. Yo, 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 we live on location. Milwaukee. We stepped into the frigid cold for a, we, hey, listen, we had to come. When you got somebody that's the best ever is something, the best ever, somebody every time he do something, it's a new record, you got to go ahead and pull up on that right, Black. On the way. Hey, man, multi-time champion, man. Point blank, the best shooter ever. Every time he hit a three, it's a new record, y'all, man. We got Chef Curry in the appreciate building, man. Appreciate we appreciate you, appreciate you pulling you up, bro. Y'all know this worldwide special right here. Lock in. Every time you shoot one, it's a new record. Every time, <laughs> like every time you make one, you had that kind of like sunk in, like man. That's yeah. another one. Like, like you just for the rest of your career, every time you shoot it, that's a new record. 
Like that, has, that it ain't sunk in because I still I'm still kind of reeling off the emotions <laughs> of of you know the chase to to break uh, Ray's record and that whole just electric night that we had at, at the garden. Like you can't write. No, like, we got you know storytellers and amazing award winning authors and writers and screen, you know, screenplays and all that. Like you can't write that story any different. If I'm not gonna do it at home, to do it at the garden in front of Ray, in front of Reggie, in front of my fam, I'm still kind of reeling off of the emotions of that. But uh, somebody asked me like maybe two or three games after that, like when I got to 3,000, I was like, that's a crazy milestone. Never thought I'd get there in my life. And then I felt like I had a whole lot left in the tank. So definitely do break just- a record with everything three so <laughs> i can't celebrate crazy like that that's because you think of, yeah because you got hype but like that make me think about like ud right you know you yeah. partner like every time he get a rebound that's a new heat record heat but record. like so so i used to be I, even now i'd be messing with him like hey boy i seen you got in got you a new you know for the new record but like that's for love. the heat you got it for the entire logo like yeah. that is insane to yeah. be like like you say got so much left in the tank and it's like Cause you did tell me, he said every time I get a rebound, that's a new record. That's a new that's a, record. Like that's legit. <laughs> like that's a bar. That's crazy. It is wild. And I, I, I do know just because like it's that weird like career type accomplishment, but I still I'm in my prime. Like and so it's weird like to celebrate something that so early is was meaningful to me because it's how I play. It's what I've been working on my entire life. But. uh See how far I can stretch it. Like everybody's talking about four thousand. We'll see. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just, like enjoy, said, I'm enjoying the moment, man. That's just favor, though. Like you say, to have it happen in the garden. Like, come on, bro. Like <laughs> that, like Ray there, Reggie calling mm. the game. Like, they don't you can't line it up. Like you said, you can't script it no better than that. That no was better. that was special. No better. Is is learning how to shoot like a family recipe, like a secret recipe, like in the family? I mean, yeah, it's a prerequisite. Even my sister, my my wife didn't even grow up playing basketball, but she can get out there and knock it down. She got the form. Yeah, it's 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 obviously in our DNA and our blood, and just loving basketball. Yeah. You know, we've been around it our entire life. I guess talent can take you so far, yeah. and, and we all know that. But you know, to develop a real skill around you know something like that, it's just the reps, and you got to love it. So. The natural ability is, is amazing. That's why I fell in love with the game early. But you know the reps and the work that we all put in to get to where we got in the league, like it's uh, that's that's the special sauce right there. Yeah, I can't tell nobody the secret recipe, like the family recipe. Nah, it's, do Damon Lee get do, do Damon Lee get the do he get, do Lee get it? So yeah, by osmosis, right? He's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> he's he it? my favorite D Lee story. Like we were in New Orleans last year, and uh, he was playing big minutes for us, and he had a, a breakout game thing at like twenty seven, twenty eight, something like that. And he was doing the post game interview, walking off the court, and uh, I was in there with him. And so the reporters asking us questions back and forth, and Mike Brown. Our sister coach now, he comes up behind him. He's like, oh, them Curry boys can shoot, huh? Them Curry boys can shoot. <laughs> D-Lee, D-Lee turned around and said, uh, Lee. <laughs> so you better get my name right. It's <laughs> a so Lee boy. So he uh, yeah, he got a ratchet, though, for sure. Like, how was Toronto? Do you remember? I love Toronto. You, you remember a lot of it? A lot of it. I love uh, it. And what was the transition like from Toronto back to, like, the States and, like, Charlotte and stuff? It was different. I love the city. It's so diverse. There's so much culture there. The the, the Raptors. I was living in the middle of insanity. Right. So every game was was unreal. 
it's just too cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about that. It was just way too cold. I lived up there for three years while my dad was finishing up his career. Um, the adjustment was kind of cool. Playing basketball, I was in uh, what they you know say grade eight, and I was playing against. Um, you play against Corey Joseph and Kelly Olin. Yeah, back so then? they were all. We were all. I was playing for the Toronto Five. I can't remember which teams they were playing for. But we had like the provincial championships there in London, Ontario. So I got to play against the best of best in in Ontario. It was a different. It was maybe it's basketball, it's basketball, but it was also kind of a, a nice shot for me to get away from North Carolina, where I you know was playing AAU and stuff, mm-hmm. to just get a little bit of a different competition, a little different vibe, a different style of basketball. And build my confidence from there. And then when I got back and started playing high school back in North Carolina, I think I was better off for it. But it was also like, I mean, you know, having my dad play in the league and and watching him do what he did. Like we talk about the love of shooting. Me and my brother would go up to the uh, at the Air Center. Right. We'd go up to the practice facility. And we shoot for the first half, and then we go watch the second half. So it's kind of <laughs> like we were junkies. We wanted to just get shots up and, and play one-on-one and, and work on our game, but we also wanted to go out and watch the best of the best do what they did. So it's, uh, I was blessed growing up that way, like always having an opportunity to go play and, and be around and be able to see the best do what they do and be inspired by it. So, like, Tell me that about dope. that because I feel like kids that get a chance to grow up around that, like, you know what I'm saying, you going to games with your dad, they got a video of you sitting, watching your dad, be in a three-point contest and be at All-Star Weekend, you being around all that greatness, like... I feel like that just, like you say, like osmosis, like you just soaking everything up and you getting an unfair, like you getting to look at the test before you got to come take it way before. And it's like, can you remember and retain a lot of that stuff? But what do you yeah, think absolutely. that is? It's it's all of that. It's uh, the IQ of the game and seeing how different guys approach it. Like there's a lot of different styles. We all know that. And you get to just see it every day and kind of see how guys develop throughout their careers and get better. And I was always watching everything, like right. how guys practice, how they you know, treated people in the locker room, how they, uh, what kind of energy they show up with to the games, you know, and then see how that produce on the court. I also feel like it's, it's kind of like an either or situation for me when you grow up in the league, either you got a crazy sense of entitlement like <laughs> right, because like, right, you know, yeah. playing and like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be here. I'm supposed to be here because he did. We've he all seen all the, it. Or it's the the gratitude of like, damn, there's the best 450 basketball players yeah. in the world, and I know what my dad went through to get there. Like, I gotta work my my ass off to get there myself. And like, exactly. if I don't, you know, it's a wasted opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like, it, it kind of that's up to you. That's up to how you approach it. And. I'm appreciative of my parents for giving us a solid foundation of how we uh, can respect the game in that in, in that front. Because nothing was easy for me in my basketball journey. Like, right. you know, physically it was late bloomer, all that type of stuff. But um, I got to see it, and that was a definite blessing. You said you're a late bloomer, right? So for you, at what point did you feel like it started to click for you, even though you still only had, you know, so many, you know, offers and things like that? At what point did you feel like for you and your mind it started to work? I mean, honestly, not till like halfway through my senior year of high school. Um, I went through the AAU circus from – so that's one other thing about me. I played AAU till I was 13, and then I didn't play until I was 17. And mm. those three years, just played school ball. 
And a lot of it was because I was such a late bloomer. Like physically, I could not keep up. And you know, AAU, like yeah. if you're if you're Level fast up. or strong as tall as you're probably gonna shine. Mm -hmm. You know, the skilled guy isn't really necessarily yeah. uh, highlighted like that at that level. And so it wasn't doing me any good to get out there and just get bulldozed every game. So <laughs> right. those three years, you know, I got to work on my game. It's, for what I knew in high school, like I do push-ups, sit-ups, try to get a little stronger, but it right. wasn't, it, it, you know, nature was taking over. So once I got to 17, started playing AAU, travel circus, all that, you started to size yourself up against, you know, the top, yeah. the, that's where the rankings started. Right. For me, like that was such a big deal because I wasn't ranked at all. And I was mm -hmm. like, what can I do to get to at least like, you know, top 50 in my state? Like, right. Just start yeah. there and work your way up. So you play against the best of best. And I was a turnover machine, like, I could shoot, I could score and all that, but I just could not, you know, manage the game. I was a competitor, like I wasn't going to back down, but it just didn't click. Senior year, we went to a, uh, a high school tournament in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, the Chick-fil-A Classic. And we played the school called uh, Dunwoody from uh, Georgia. And they had like Ghani Lawal, Jody Meeks, mm, Jody. Uh, some you know top prospects. And we made it to the championship. We played against them. And everybody was talking about, you know, we're overmatched, like this and that. And I I remember playing in that game and just kind of coming into my own from a confidence standpoint, from a physicality standpoint, just knowing what I was trying to do on the court. Uh, to run our team and score and we got the win. And like from that moment on, I was like, you know, these are the guys I'm going to be playing against on the next level, regardless of where I'm at. And obviously choosing Davidson in a yeah. small division one school, like I can play with the best of the best took that confidence and ran with it. So it helped to be able to play my way through some of those mistakes and those learning curves. And even when I got to college, like my freshman year, I got to play right away and had 13 turnovers in my first my first game. Like <laughs> I had to work through all of that and not lose confidence in myself. And, you know, and I, I got to pay, you know, reap the benefits of that later. How was that to just be in college and, you know, going through all that and having a coach that believed in you, Huge. believed that you can do what you know you can do, it's what you're huge. doing now. <laughs> there is belief, but there's also the tough love. Like we all had coaches that, yeah. you know. Like, That's why I was on me. After them yeah. 13 assists, what, what, what was, I mean, 13 turnovers, what was that talk like? Like <laughs> it, was, it was just a lot of yelling, a lot of hearing my name and all that. But I'm thankful because I wanted it so bad that I was cool, like accepting being coached. Mm -hmm. like. I knew I didn't know it all. I knew I had a lot to learn and uh, a lot of room to grow, but I was okay with getting coached no matter how tough it was, no matter how embarrassing it was. And I'm thankful that I accepted that early so that I could kind of go through those lumps and not lose confidence in myself. Cause you have a coach that believes in you is one thing and they're gonna try to set you up for success, but you gotta walk into that and you gotta you know make them you know, look like they know what they're talking about, no matter how hard it is. and Or you can cower away from it and, you know, give in to, you know, the defeat, like what you can't do on the floor or the, or the failures that you have and all that type of stuff. And it's obviously easier said than done, but I'm I'm thankful. And that's what I tell everybody, you know, be open to being coached because, you know, it's the only way you're going to get to your full potential. It's the only way you're going to get exposed to where, you know, you can like look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is what I need to work on. This is the, you know, the strides that I can take to get to where I want to be and kind of roll with that mindset. Man, if it was ever anybody <laughs> for kids out there to listen to, like you are the prototype, you know what I'm saying? Late blooming, like you say, didn't have the confidence up until your senior year. Cause it's a lot, like you say, 
especially now, way more than when we were coming yeah. up. Like these kids now start getting ranked in fourth and fifth grade. It's like, uh, how can you, they imagine. might not even play basketball <laughs> by the time they get to eighth grade. Like, what are you ranking? <laughs> it's like they legit got fourth grade. Like I saw it first when they had Devin and all that. I'm yeah. like, these, they like, what? Rankings? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? For you to be all of those things, not, not feeling like you're good enough, but then you work and you become literally the greatest shooter ever. You know what I'm saying? They won MVPs, championships, all type of awards at the top level of basketball period. So like you the prototype for people to see like you on your own pace. Yeah. It ain't what everybody else wanted to be. Sometimes it don't work like that. Like I say that about, you know, when we talking about our kids and stuff, people want this kid to do that. I say, man, everybody gonna do everything when they supposed to. Mm-hmm. We just have to be there to accept and support them. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. guys rush their contract because there'll be a guy that be with them and they see that guy kind of getting ahead on this yeah. jersey. He made the all-star team. They get themselves in a rush and instead of going by their own pace. So put that on like steroids for what these kids are going through now. Yeah. Exactly. Like you said, Straight from up. the earliest ages when they even play organized basketball, they're getting ranked and getting compared. And yeah. you got to own your journey. Like, you know, God gives you what's for you and, and you got to walk in that. And for me, like, I didn't know it at the time, but like that was just the perspective because I love the game so much. Yeah. And even like getting to my into the league where you start looking at what other, like you said, what other people's playing times, what they mm-hmm. activate, what, <laughs> what kind of money they get, and all that yeah. type of stuff. Like that's you're all human. We know we it's hard to not observe and notice that stuff. But yeah. what's really important? Making sure your priorities are straight and making sure you know what journey you on, what yeah. pace you on. Like you said, like. No, that's what I try to tell all the rookies coming in right now, especially because everything is so exposed and everything yeah. is so hyped and everything is just on yeah. on blast. Like, Focus I didn't even on have you. Instagram when I was a rookie in the league. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I tell yeah. people all the time, for me and him, it's kind of like like they talk about, man, if y'all was on social media, y'all would have been the y'all would have been the shit. You know what I'm saying? That kind of goes both ways. I mean, like, we would have been great on one hand, but I say I can see a lot of times where they dropped it. Like, like, listen, like I say, we we look. I mean, I feel like we probably would have been way more known, but it might have not been always for all the right reasons. Too. Like, you know what I'm saying? We got we got to make a lot of mistakes that y'all generation can't make. As soon as y'all do it, it's. It's out there, yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like somebody leave practice state. or something, like before you can <laughs> do this on the whole wire. <laughs> a couple black screens with the white phone, like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, it up. We didn't even have, like, you know, like, Camera phones was just, they hadn't even no, really no. hit they like that yet. They didn't have color on the phone. They it was, was black like, and white. Yeah, we still the had the little green, digital, black and green, <laughs> digital screen. We, we, you know, we had two-way it pages. They had a limit on numbers you can put in the phone yeah, and all this stuff. Time. These boys come <laughs> in now. You, let me ask you this. Um, in college, you know, now you got your groove, you and your coach, you here, and, you know, it's, it's buckets every night. And, you know, Davidson ain't playing in a conference where they playing a top. Mm-hmm. One of the big time conference. So now you got them few games on your schedule that, oh, this might be a ranked team or this, they might not be ranked, but it's just a big name team. How competitive and how ready you was for them games? Cause it seemed like every time you played a game that <laughs> it might be a potential you can be on TV or ESPN. Yeah, it was, you it was, going it for was 40. a while. <laughs> so I, that's why I appreciate my experience even more. Like kind of similar what we're talking about. I was kind of off the map, off the radar while I was working on my game. And so like, you know, my freshman year, we weren't ranked at all. We weren't even close. 
played a solid non-conference schedule uh, early, but then we went through our conference and we were undefeated in conference. Sorry, we, were, we lost one game in conference my freshman year, and that's when the buzz started. Then that parlayed into my sophomore year where we had, I think, eight games in our non-conference schedule. We played Carolina, NC State, Duke, UCLA, uh, NC State, and we, we played all those teams early to because we knew we were good and we knew we needed to get tested early to yeah. figure out who we were and get exposed a little bit because we only <laughs> I think we lost all of those games. Um, <laughs> but then you get to you get prepared for if we get through conference and do what we need to do and get to the tournament, like that's that's our time to show you know people yeah. what we're really about. And that's exactly what the formula was and that's how it worked. But to your question, like I loved every bit of that because it goes back to, you know, when I was playing AU, like I knew who those guys that were in my class yeah. and, you know, that got those high D1 offers. And I knew yeah. I could compete with them and so can our team if we yeah. figure out, you know, have confidence in who we are. But even though we didn't win, like I love that that environment. I love that stage. And uh, it prepared me for that tournament run, which was, you know, it was, it was insane for, you know, us to get one shot away from the Final Four and lose to the eventual champs in Kansas. and. That's when it became a show, and that's when it became uh, good prep for the next level in the league. Because everywhere we went, that you know, my junior year, it was it was packed to the to the nosebleeds and you know, there's a buzz. Feel? It was to, it was to, dope. to know that you started, you know where you started, and then you got it, and you still like you here, you at Davidson, you not at you know what I'm saying, you <laughs> yeah. not at Duke. Because I can remember when I like you like you say when you burst onto the map, everybody like we watching like man, you gotta check him out. You getting like. Why he at Davidson though? Like, <laughs> like how the like who who missed out? Like what happened? How is he at Davidson? So many people gotta get fired. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you didn't see this. <laughs> I loved it because it was a nice balance of like nothing. Nothing really changed back on like we had eighteen hundred students at campus, and so like you know what? everybody. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, we know everybody. That's a high school. Like, so, <laughs> <laughs> so you go play, run the tournament. You know, uh, we beat. Gonzaga and Georgetown in the first two rounds. Then we get back to campus and it's like like there's a celebration, but people got class on Monday. <laughs> it's like we mm -hmm. you know and so do we. So we show up and nothing really changes. So it gave us a nice perspective of, you know, let's keep the main thing the main thing. Let's keep, you know, enjoying this moment. But, you know, we still have our culture here that's that's freaking dope and, and we're we're representing it to the fullest on the biggest of stages. So I enjoyed it. Take me back to the to the actual to your draft night, right? Cause that's like all of our, you know, biggest day ever up sure, to that yeah. point. How did you feel, you know what I'm saying? Like now this is your dad and your family and everybody coming to you for your big night. And this is now you taking the family business to the next level when it's, it's your turn. Like, tell me what that feel like after, you know, you've been in Toronto, Charlotte, you following your dad, supporting your dad. Now it's his turn to start doing that for you. It was surreal. And I say that because when you're so close to it for your whole life, right? And like you say, you see it through his eyes and, when it's you, when it's you, it didn't even make sense. <laughs> it was like mm -hmm. I know I've been working my whole life for this moment, but it didn't make sense. Like it was happening, yeah. and you know, that night was going to be the celebration of like him passing the torch straight you know, up to to me to start my own career, my own journey. And that was one of his biggest pieces of advice: is like you know you're gonna get compared and and you're gonna have the shadow and all that stuff, but you have to just live in your own your own journey um, and whatever that means, like embrace it. And that night was the start of it. Um, it was an emotional night though, it was, it was his birthday. Mm. Uh, it was the night Michael Jackson died. 
Um, so it was like all that was happening. That, yeah. and I was getting it was just a whole lot going on, and then you know got drafted by the Warriors. And all the Knicks fans started booing because <laughs> they wanted me to drop to number eight. So I had a lot of emotions going on that night, but I just appreciated like the fact that I was able to, you know, realize a dream, obviously, and, and start your career. I didn't know much about the Bay, but I was ready to ready to go out there and figure so, it out. So with that being said, right, we all know like quietly when this process is going on, we have our places that we would. I mean, we know we can't control it, but like, hey, I would like to play there or whatever. Mm-hmm. When we was coming, I wanted to go to Houston. Me and you wanted to go to Houston. <laughs> Definitely did. You know, Rudy they time. play Rudy T. <laughs> Rudy T. did Rudy the same thing like you talking about. He let them get back. Go crazy. So we wanted to do that. We went and worked out for them. We like, man, we love it. We go play with franchise. Whatever, right? So for you, you said you wanted to play for the Knicks. Like, how did you feel when 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 everything went down, when you got your name called? The draft process is wild. Like, there's some new narrative every day. There's some new guarantee on the draft board. There's some trade rumor. Like, every day it was something different. But through that whole process, like, I talked to Mike D'Antoni, who was the coach of the Knicks at the time. They had uh Gallinari, who was the young prospect, and the whole conversation is like, oh, we put you, you know, Gallinari, David Lee was there. Like, I was y'all there. Would be, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that would be that would be the the vibe. Like you, D'Antoni would put you in all the right positions. Let me go. I could be like Nash. Sorry, uh, I could be like Nash 2.0. He was in Phoenix and all that type of stuff. So that was a conversation and. Being in New York added to it because yeah. you know you right already there. know. <laughs> so you oh, got you hype. So I was sitting there and Blake goes one, seemed to beat James Harden, Tyreek Evans, and then is number five, and Minnesota's got the two picks in a row. So I'm like, all right, just get through these two. They got two picks in a row, and there's guarantee like I didn't really know I talked to Golden State like that. It's gonna be number eight. So they went Rubio and Johnny Flynn, and uh, or vice versa. And so I'm like, all right, this is it. And, like, the next five <laughs> minutes felt like an eternity because you wait, you, know, you do the clock and the green room and all that. And then David Stern came out, said my name, and it didn't like I heard my name, but it was like, wait, <laughs> they picked me. But I ain't even talked to them. It always be the team that you, you don't, don't even fuck with. Did you work out for them? For the nah, I didn't. I, yeah, we didn't work, did not work out for the Clippers, and we was trying to avoid them. We trying to like, them. no way they gonna pick us. Like they, they didn't even get to see us. We weren't trying to go there. Man, it it'll always be the team like that. They be lurking. That's what it be. Repeat itself. It's crazy. So that then, is crazy. You, you, then, but then after that, you just trying to make sense of it on the fly because it's just like. Then you it's get the thrown into that whirlwind oh, media in the back, back about 45 to an hour. Crazy, you know, on the next flight, next morning, out to the bay. But that was a definite lesson and care for what you wish for. <laughs> when you got drafted, they had a guard that was a bucket getter already there. The homie Monte Ellis. Mm-hmm. My man. Like, what are some of the things you learned from him when you got to the league? Because... He was one of them boys when you got to the league getting the bucket. He was he was my well, just on a funny tip, he was my favorite like one liner dude. <laughs> right. <time>. Like, <laughs> real quiet, oh, but it hit you quiet, with real quiet, shoot around. He'd be a little stiff, a little, little little slow to get going. And somebody calling him, Monte, you you gonna run this play? He got I don't smell no popcorn popping, do you? I don't smell no popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> you want it now? You want it Where later? You want it? <laughs> <laughs> you want it now? You want it later? That's my favorite line. So I still use that to this day. He was like 
his athleticism and just the way that he, you know, just put pressure on defenses, it was just unreal. Like, you look up and he had, like, the quietest 40 of all time just because it was all just downhill, blow by you, finishes yeah. all over the place. Yeah, pull up. Sneaky pull up, <laughs> you know, dunk on somebody yeah, real quick. dunk on somebody too. Um, but, you, like, nobody could stay in front of him. Right. And it was, it, was a, it was a cool thing to see, like, the speed of the NBA, like, watching, playing with him and watching him. Because uh, I didn't have that athleticism, and I was like just in awe of of he could get anywhere he wanted to on the floor, um, and just his confidence in himself. Like it was, uh, I didn't know much about the We Believe era, and like him being the young guy on that team, yeah. six man, you know, yeah. and all that, and, and most improved, and 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 being a, a huge part of of that team's success. All that work but, you put in, yeah, and the work that like coming out of high school and all yeah. that. Until when I got there, he was the vet at like 24, 25. Yeah. And, you know, he had to come into that responsibility really yeah. quick. And yeah. playing off of him those first years, like we didn't really know who we were as a backcourt and our identity because, you know, it was a kind of a period of transition. But uh, in terms of like enjoying playing basketball and, and that, that stage and seeing somebody's talent, that's totally separate or different yeah. the way that I play. Like it was it was dope. I know you can go to a lot of NBA teams, but it seemed like the Warriors was fit for you. You know what I'm saying? Don Nelson, Nelson, yeah. Don Nelson is one of them guys that kind of started, for real, is the godfather starting of like, man, we finna run and gun and we finna run it up. So if y'all ain't gonna score better than us, that's, <laughs> y'all ain't gonna keep up. And that's just like the perfect recipe for your, your game and the way you play. Yeah. To get in the organization like that and be there with people who believe in that type of style of play. How was that for you? It was good. I, I knew Don Nelson and his style. And when I got there, uh, C.J. Watson and Anthony Morrow were the two young guys that had made the, the team from the year before. They yeah. went through the G League. Most yeah, Exactly. <laughs> and they told me, like, when I first got, you know, to camp, like, yo, you're going to love this system because it's all about just playing fast. Everybody's going to get a look. You know, he wants you to, you know, to score, be aggressive offensively. And, you know, they weren't lying. Like, in the training camp, we may have done one defensive drill. Right. <laughs> the rest was just <laughs> roll the ball out, you know, scrimmage. He would call out sets. We'd run them. And he was all about, like, matchups, too. So it was kind of cool, like, night in, night out. you go you know, at him. you go at whoever, and he try to, you know, uh, push press the right buttons on that front. So it expanded my offensive, like, horizon really quickly. Because once I really – I started uh, at the beginning of my rookie year – Got pulled out the rotation for about a month, and I got back in. And once I got back in, like I kind of just hit a hit a period of just another level of of mm -hmm. offensive like efficiency and just coming to my own confidence wise of what I could do. And everybody, like everybody, was a threat. Like kick it to you, shoot, kick it back, right. you shoot. Let's play fast. Only thing was like we we changed defenses every night. <laughs> we didn't know we didn't know what our identity was, and it was uh it was just a cool. I got a little bit of every experience my rookie year. It was sad that was that that was his last year coaching. Mm -hmm. We were chasing the wins for him to pass Lenny Wilkins. Oh, and, right, uh, right. That yeah. year. So it was weird. Like we were, I think we won like 23, 25 games or something like that. But every game felt like important because right. it was about getting him yeah, the record. Him to win before he retired. Yeah. So it added a little bit of uh, intensity to it. Uh, it. Gave us something to play for. Like when you first got in the league, you was like, man, I was, I'm six nine and I was a buck ninety. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wasn't even two hundred pounds when I got drafted, and you know, skinny kid, and you know, it's a physical game yeah. out there. 
But uh, when I seen you, I, you know, you always size somebody up. When as soon as you see them, you instantly size them up and see how they. But I noticed it on TV. But when I seen you in person, I was like, yeah, that's it. I was seeing your arms, your physique, how you change. When you decided to go to the weight room mm-hmm. and go to the weight room heavy, because you know us skinny guys, we'll go to the weight room, but we ain't going to get nothing done. You don't go to the weight room. We went to the weight room all summer. He become Eddie Murphy in the weight room. He got all jokes and that's what we ain't getting no work. Nothing that hopped on these arms, you know what I'm saying? But then you see that one that one summer when you come back and your whole physique changed. And I seen it in you and your strength, and I know I noticed just now when you be running off screens and stuff, you're a little bit more stronger for them to, <laughs> they can't hold you no more. Absolutely. It's, part of that was a reaction to like how defenses were guarding me. And the physicality of the league, um, that adjustment from college is, 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 is a shock. The biggest thing was like, I knew I could shoot the ball and I knew I was kind of like finesse was a part of my game and I could, you know, uh, get away with it for, so, for only so long. About, when we started getting to the playoffs and you realize how much the game changes at that point, everything slows down, becomes more of a half court game. There's fewer possessions, you know, it's way more physical, less foul calls, all that stuff. That's when I realized how much of an um, advantage it would be for me to get a little stronger. Um, not necessarily like gain weight, but just be able to hold my own. If I'm driving to the lane, somebody knocked me, I'm not just, you know, falling over. Um, or, you know, you get double team, be able to pass it all, that type of stuff. The biggest thing was when I got down into the lane, like I could not make that pass. Like, <laughs> oh, it's a three point line. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't get it out there. Not like, enough, uh, not not enough, enough. Like, balls here. I couldn't uh, get it here and throw it over there. That's where, you know, um, you know, some of the, the, the deficiencies were. So balancing, like, being strong, working on your core, all that stuff that helps you. Uh, you know, get through an 82 game season, get through the playoffs and all that, just added to that foundation. So I, I feel like once I got stronger and I really took the weight room serious, it was like I got new superpowers. Straight up. And it was like <laughs> from game to game too, you don't get as tired. Yeah, like, all it was that like you got stuff. new superpowers when you when you just kind of add something on to your package. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like y'all first championship run, like a lot of people didn't have y'all Mm-hmm. Like winning it, and not only did hey y'all winning it, as soon as y'all got to the championship against LeBron, it's like oh no, ain't no way in <laughs> in hell. Like just just take us through that just that year when like everything just clicked. I mean, like it did the first year, two years before when we first made the playoffs in 2013, played uh, we beat Denver as a six seed, and then we lost to San Antonio in six, and then the next year we lost to the. Clippers in Clippers, seven, yeah. the first round. Everything had been been building in terms of, you know, understanding who we were, what we needed to tweak a little bit to take that next step. It was bittersweet all the way around because I, I make sure I talk about it every time we talk about that championship is because those three years before with Mark Jackson as our coach right. was so, like, valuable and uh, instrumental to our success because – he established like a defensive mindset and like an attitude and identity around us that when he passed the torch off, I'll say that politely to to Steve, um, Steve brought another level of like an outsider perspective having watched us for three years and his uh, championship experience, you know, playing for Phil, mm-hmm. playing for Popovich, playing with, you know, MJ and Tim Duncan to help us get there. And, Everybody's going to talk about, like, any championship team, what had to go right for you to win a championship, no matter what year it is. Yeah, right. But all those things, like, 
you have to be able to put yourself in position to for the ball to bounce your way, for you to, you know, even have an opportunity uh, in those series to be a serious threat, you know, to beat anybody in the league. And that was the confidence that we had. So, you know, going through that uh, that playoff run, nothing felt out of the ordinary, but you also don't know what it takes until you finally get there. Right, that's so right, like, yeah. That that game six in Cleveland was just like an out of body experience because you're trying to keep things normal. You're trying to you know not do anything special, game, but trying you're trying to, to win. Right. And you know you like to what the, the stakes player. are, <laughs> yeah. and everything that goes right, you're like, oh shoot, oh shoot, we almost, oh shoot, oh shoot, we about to win this thing. <laughs> like yeah. you, it's just natural, just progression of getting to the mountaintop. So that team was special too. Like one through fifteen, we had. Right. Great mix of of a young core, some amazing veterans that have been around the league for a while. Yeah, Andrew the Illinois boys over there, now. You know, you that's know. Dot. 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 Hey, but this is what I want to know, like, because like I felt like this, even though we didn't win it when we were in Phoenix, and mm-hmm. you know, like you say, out of nowhere, we were expected to be the last place in the Pacific. So, but like, you get to that certain point in the season where you know you guys in the locker room, y'all start looking around each other, like, wait a minute, like. <laughs> It's like this. This shit kind of we doing this, like, and you know, like, so like a lot of wins. Cause like you know that year we jumped over when season two and twenty. It was a lot of back and forth, like, oh, can they? And it was like, can they? And it was like at first we was like, can we? Like, and then it was like every time you look up, we icing with eight minutes to go. We blowing people out. So like at a certain point, like three quarters through the season after we had to came out of All Star and we still smoking people and everybody like don't know what's happening. We started looking at each other like, um. Fellas, like this is real. <laughs> this might be official. Like, so at what point and to get to that point, you have to be so locked in on the day to day that you can't really. You can let your mind drift a little bit, right? But April, May, June, so far away. Like even where we're saying right now, it's you know we have forty something games right. and you know so much Three basketball to play. <laughs> exactly, like like you said, like you, you're so locked into that day to day to win 62 games in, in, in a season, like that's hard. It's, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And with the effort and then the commitment and focus it takes, like you can't even allow yourself to think like, oh, what's a playoff matchup about to be like, what's that that time of the season? But everything matters to get there. So it's dope to, like, to hear that. Cause you know, like even if you get it done or you don't, the process is still the same. Yeah. And you start to look at other teams in the league, like who's the other best? Oh, we match up nice, cool. Like, oh, we beat them in the regular season, cool. It don't mean nothing until you get to the playoffs and and uh, and go through that. So, could you have foreseen having that type of season and that type of success when you was going through the ankle injuries and like take us inside of that? Because like we, he been through injuries, I've been through injuries, and that people don't understand how, how hard that is to overcome and like for you to overcome that to the level that you have because like you know that was when like you obviously didn't get a big deal because of that like you know what I'm saying like yeah, that absolutely. those things affected everything so and people don't know that us as humans the human part of us as an athlete we doubt and we question ourselves especially when something happens over and over again straight up the one refreshing part of seeing Clay go through what he went through these last two and a half years is the reminder of like we all have to work hard. Off seasons are a grind. You know, practices, travel, like all the the uh, the stresses of you know being a professional athlete. Rehab is the hardest thing I've ever done in my Absolutely. entire life. Like, Man. bar none. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> it's it's, it's don't two, understand. three times the amount of time that you put in. It's the monotonous. You're usually isolated. Like yeah. it's just you away going from through the it, team. away from yep. the team. Like that is the hardest thing to deal with. So everything you just said, like. 
all you want to do is just play. Like, you don't really care what the context is. Yeah. I just want to be healthy enough to play basketball and what it takes to get through injuries, no matter what they are. And they test you. They test everything, how much the, the game matters, your perseverance and all that type of stuff. So when I was going through my ankle stuff, like, no, I couldn't even, you know, imagine the heights that we would get to. Cause I was just going to the rehab facility every day, seeing the same, you know, crew who was so invested in my process, but I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, obviously, it paid off. But it's it's one of the, it, it is the hardest thing um, you have to go through as an athlete, um, no matter what the injury is. How was it playing against KD and they almost finna beat you the year before? And then that first game with you, Clay, KD, and y'all standing for a jump ball like, ooh, we finna fuck somebody up this year. Nah. He actually is here. It's finna be, it's finna go down. Like, like, how was that? We cheat. Like that, that, that <laughs> feeling. You can't even play with that look. When y'all got on the you know team, you know how like we played a the video yeah. game. I said, hold up, I'm gonna just say know, not a preseason game. You cheating game, if you like, get, right, this one actually counts. Man, you cheating us. if you get the words on the video game. I forget who we played. I know, I forget who we played that first of season game because I had that moment and you're like looking around like oh my god yeah. but it's also there's also like and me I might have just internalized this as the point guard and like the guy that felt like I had to get everybody involved there's a little insecurity like there's so much talent is this gonna work because <laughs> I'm like all right I'm starting to count shots like all right he gonna get 20 he gonna get night all right seven all right where how are we gonna do this yeah so those thoughts were starting to creep in early in the process and if you think if you look back um that first year Game one through like Christmas Day game, it was not pretty. Like we were figuring all it out. type of inconsistent. Um, our record was solid, but it, it just didn't look. It like wasn't it was yet. It looked clean, and a lot of that, you know, I assumed a lot of that responsibility in, in Draymond as well, like trying to figure out how to to make a mess because you like in theory you shouldn't have to worry about Steph, Clay, or uh, Katie getting shots like right. That shouldn't yeah. be an issue. And you shouldn't be worried about Draymond being able to facilitate a lot of that, but it wasn't as seamless as, as people might think. And then uh, he got hurt right after All-Star break and Matt Barnes joined the team. And and from that point, like, KD was rehabbing, trying to get ready for the playoffs. And we kind of had to revert back to the year before and how we played. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that everything was going to change again when KD got back right before the playoffs started. So it was just a lot of stuff going on but we knew like the talent was there obviously yeah. and you know if we show up and do what we're supposed to do everybody locked in like we should not lose but it was also six seven months of that every day you're trying to make sure it works because if you don't you're gonna look like some idiots okay. like but i was just seeing him because like you know he's one of the best players in the that league he's, he's in the same you know category as you and lebron and all these other guys but to see it in person all respect in the world to how great all-time great scorer he is like he gets it any in every type of way and you see it on the court and like you try to compliment each other extremely well in terms of how we were trying to win games the best part about it was practice because me him and clay like trying to work on our craft sometimes we work together sometimes we'd be on our separate courts but we always be watching each other <laughs> And you always be like trying to like one up, level up the intensity, level up the approach to the game. And like that's such a dope environment to come to work every day because you got Clay Thompson, you got Kevin Durant, myself. Like we all put ourselves in like the great score category. Like 
you get to watch the work that goes into it every day. And having seen K, like I've seen Clay for 10 years, but to see KD and his approach on the day to day, like I see the results. I know like the work that he puts in, but to see it is different. Um, and that elevated all of us. That's what he was saying. We asked him about that when we had him on. He was like, dude, to just watch the way that these dudes could shoot every mm -hmm. like every single day. He was like, that made me feel like, like, yo, like when you in the gym and you got two dudes that can shoot the way y'all can shoot, he like, bro, I had to like, I like they made me become a better shooter just trying to keep pace. Like if we doing any drills or this or that, y'all ain't missing. He feel like he can't miss. It's like when you were growing up, you wanted to find the best in your city, the best wherever to go find the best games because you knew like that was going to elevate. You, couldn't just, elevate you couldn't just live off, you know, the crumbs of the competition. Like you actually got to go find the best because that's going to sharpen your toolkit even more. Did you know Clay before he got to? No, so Clay knew Seth before he knew me. So they were on the oh. same U19 mm. team. Uh, and they went to, I think, New Zealand. And they won gold. USA. So I, I knew a little bit about Clay through him. And then he got drafted. And, uh, that was the first time I actually met him uh, when he came out to the Bay. The other night, just to see Clay come out. And he got him a body or two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that was, hey, was, that, was, that, was that scary or what? After, that you, after, after you finished thing. that height, was you like, man. I didn't see him didn't come down. Because do <laughs> we talked about this. He'd been out for 970-something days, two and a half years. <laughs> and he had talked about it. He's like, I can still, I mean, we all know I can still shoot. I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna figure out how to, you know, move, get off the dribble stuff. Like, yeah, I'm sure that'll come. He's like, well, the last thing that's gonna come is, Meeting people at the round, you know, getting a, getting a couple of bodies. And like, yeah, don't don't press yourself. Like, just stay within yourself. Like, it took that man nine minutes, and he was crossing over, going in the lane. And then when he dunked it, like, I lost it. I was on the bench going nuts, going crazy. I, everybody, but then I saw the replay again, and you see him dunk and yeah. like come down on all fours. And he got up, and he was like, "Oh, I'm back." Yeah. <laughs> so it was. Uh, he was just getting to it. He sure looked like as he was going, like he was getting his feet together, like fuck it. <laughs> That's exactly. I'm out here. I might as well. It's uh, it's cool. It's, it's obviously it's amazing to see him, see him back and have him back. Straight uh, up to have him back and all that. Man, I thought that was just dope how Draymond got in the game and just to see y'all guys together. Like man, that's just ten years and yeah, together, that's man. just a that's dope crazy. look. That's crazy. And the fans, man, just the love they give him, man. That's what he deserved, man, because he one of them ones. Clay is the, he has become the most interesting man in the NBA. He like yeah. the Dos Equis, he, he man. He definitely is. That's what we call the Dos Equis, man. The Dos Equis, man. The unmatched. Like, if Unbothered was a person, that's Clay. Yeah, Clay be out here chilling, Captain Clay, <laughs> Captain Clay with his boat, the dog, and reading the newspaper before the game. Like, he, 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 just he took his, his boat to and from the Clay Day game. Absolutely. I, I told you, man, the man left on his boat, man. <laughs> Came back, caught some bodies, and then got back on the boat. That's a bar. He is unbelievable. Some of the dopest nicknames come from this game. You know, you got the Splash Brothers. Yeah. You got Babyface Assassin. <laughs> you know, which individual one you like the most? And was it any other thing that you heard that you was like, oh, man, that might be it? And then Splash Brothers came. Uh, Splash Brothers at the top, Baby Faces on an individual base. That's the first one I had heard from myself when I was in college, and I, I, I love that one. That one got the nod from Kobe in terms of my killer instinct. Yeah. That was love. Um, <laughs> I've heard the Human Torch before, which was, was solid. <laughs> was solid. <laughs> but other than that, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's the list right there. I want to know, did you know Draymond before he got to the team? Uh, no, I went and saw, I met Draymond once before he got to the team. Actually, my junior year, I was on the All-America team, and I got to go to the Final Four as part of the ceremony or whatever, and I watched them play in the Final Four. I think that was his freshman year. I didn't meet him again until he got to the Bay, and from that point on, like, he obviously makes his presence felt no matter what room he walk into. And that was the vibe as soon as he stepped foot as a rookie uh, out in the Bay. But that's my dog. Like, the experiences we've had on and off the floor, championships we won, how we've grown on and off the court. Like, it's crazy just to know where he came from as a, what, 32nd pick? Exactly. And, and not really knowing what position he was going to play. A lot of questions. Just, like, Ain't no questions now. So. Nah, we, we know, like, you can be on the team and, and, like, on the stat sheet, it don't show the impact that you actually brought to the game. And, like, with Draymond, they try to give him – a lot of people try to not see – well, they don't see as basketball players. We as basketball yeah. players see, but let the casual fan don't see what he actually brings to the table. Like, how important is he is to – don't understand it. To, like, over these years of these championships, like, his, his verbal, his leadership – and you know, we all a little bit crazy, you know? <laughs> but it's okay, you know? As long right. as you love us the way we is, everything is all good. You won't find no championship team that ain't have somebody a yeah, little crazy. Right. <laughs> you feel me? You can do a deep dive on exactly what, what's the recipe for a championship uh, roster. But yeah, comment about we're not showing up on the stat sheet affecting winning. That was the narrative about him from day one. And honestly, sometimes it wouldn't show up in the stat sheet. He played 12, 15, 16 minutes, and he'd have four rebounds and two points and maybe an assist. But you would – he like, you'd watch the game and you see his presence him everywhere. Yeah. And he could do that in just spot moments, you know, his rookie year. And then the second year, he got a little bit more playing yeah. time and more opportunity. But now, I guess you could argue his stat sheet – stat line doesn't look like a perennial all-star, but, you know, he's a stat sheet stuffer. Like, yeah. he'll have yeah. – he – we always wait for like the uh, Draymond's the first in however many years to have, <laughs> right. you know, the crazy like seven crazy. categories of <laughs> stuff that he did. It's like, Draymond, bro, is, how you do all that? He ain't a shot blocker, but he's there every time you get yeah. beat. Anytime yeah. any of them guards get beat, he's there every time. And that's not going to show up on nobody's mm-hmm. stat sheet, maybe in the film room. But if you got a guy that's going to be there every time you be beat. As, as creative like that as I am on something. offense and like stuff you try to do, if you take that same approach and you add it like, whatever that means defensively, that's is Draymond. Like he'll he'll see things, he'll make reads, he'll make rotations that don't make any sense in the scheme of how you would coach somebody, but he knows where to be at the right time. And you wouldn't even ask somebody to even try to do it. Like it's, that's how crazy it is sometimes. He'll guard three people in five seconds and affect every single part of their cuts, their moves, and like affect the shot at the rim and all that type of stuff. And then your other point about leadership and just that competitive, you know, fire, the the voice in the locker room, holding people accountable, that's always been there. And it's obviously, you know, gotten more experienced and, and, and more polished in terms of, mm-hmm. like, how to be able to lead guys 1 through 15, no matter what part of the season we're in, all knowing that everything that we're doing is, is geared towards winning a championship. And, yeah, anybody who knows basketball, anybody who's either played or watched the game knows what the hell they're talking about. That dude is is all-time great. How hard was it to repeat, especially with, you know, all the attention that was on you guys' team and the way everything came together? Like, how difficult was that to manage? 
It's difficult because it makes the regular season just that much harder when you come off a championship run, you go through the off season, everybody's hyping y'all up, celebrating all that. You come back to training camp, everybody's excited to be back, and then you're like, oh, it's 82 games before the games that matter. <laughs> right. But you know like, you can't have any slippage on what got you there. And But it's just like it's human nature. It's just Man, so man. hard to pace yourself through that 82. And so, that I mean, it's difficult. And it requires a lot of uh, adjustments and readjustments throughout the season, a lot of different motivational tactics from coach to keep the season fresh and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then you get to the playoffs, and that's when you're at your best because you've, you've been there before, especially we had the same team back for the most part. Uh, that chemistry, it clicks. And so that's why I'm so pressed. Like, even though we didn't win in 16, 15, 16, like coming back and starting the year off 24-0, and 0, it was like one of the Crazy. next craziest accomplishments we have because you have that hype from the season, mm -hmm. from the off season, all that, and you the championship glow. And like to sustain that focus for as long as we did, and you know that, and we all know how that season went. Like that's pretty impressive. Do you on purpose? Like, cause I'll be seeing like a lot of guys when they they get to getting in they in they shit. They get to, you know, making them tough faces and, you know, flexing and all that stuff. But you, you smile. You smile. Just, like, it's, it's it's a thing when you get in your ass, but you see they down there being <laughs> tough. But, like, you're like, he just smiling and he kicking my ass. I was talking Why you chose you. the approach of smiling? I, I don't, it's my natural, like, just disposition. I, I have fun no matter where I'm at. I'm always smiling, joking, laughing. I was talking to Jordan Poole actually today, and he was he asked me like, "Yo, what's your take on um, on trash talking?" And I was I actually thought about it. I was like, "Most of my trash talking is reactive. Like if you say something to me, I'll say something back. But I'm not out here like huffing, yeah. puffing, woofing." But I was like, "I'm I'm good for a facial expression or a smile. <laughs> that's that's my trash talking. Like in terms of when I'm feeling good and and enjoying myself, and I know I did something like that that." The smile's gonna come out or the, or the, the this face right or something. There. I'm on the record. I'm, <laughs> on, I'm on the record, whether it's at NBA TV, Turner is somewhere talking about how I would been fought him. <laughs> if I had to play him <laughs> and it was my defensive responsibility. Oh, I gotta make him mad. <laughs> all the facial expressions, I don't care. Even like you you ain't gotta be doing it at me. If I'm guarding you when you did it, it I made I took it that way. Like it was personal and nah, like I don't look. Let's see, the man I, be I out here spinning people around. Though. Running and doing all this, then he goes smiling and shimmy. I'm like, somebody better trip him. You better trip his ass before I get to him, boy. Like, nah. One time they'll just be like, damn, you just tackle him. Like, that was me. Something gonna happen on my turns. He doing all this. This is on my turns. I, he ain't make me foul him that time. I decided I was gonna foul him. That's so true. That's so true. One year after y'all play every game, I look forward to y'all, your, your press conference, because Miss Riley. Oh yeah, was on the press conference and it just made my day every time I seen y'all play and just to see her talk and I'm waiting to see her talk like it's inside the NBA. <laughs> How was that for you? You know, I seen your son give Clay the ball at the end of the story night. You went through them locker rooms and you'd have been in that playground environment of an NBA arena to bring your kids in and to see your kids enjoying it. It gives me so much perspective in, in life, just in general, because. We talk so much about basketball and accolades and experiences and the process and all that. That is like 
so insignificant compared to the joy you see on your kid's face when they get to have an experience. You get to share that a little bit of, of you with them in yeah. that environment. And like you said, because I have videos of like Muggsy Bowes carrying yeah. me like an airplane through the, right. through the Hornet locker room when I was like four or five and, you know, sitting on Zoe's lap at the three-point right. contest. Like I, those type of experiences that I don't necessarily remember, but I know like that was a part of just me having an amazing experience as a child and how blessed I was and all that. So be able to give that to them. It's also bittersweet because it reminds me how old I am now. It's like you see them get it. You, you know, get old. Yeah. Like, I say old and all relative speaking, but it's just like, no, nah, my daughter who was at the press conference is now about to turn 10. Yeah. Like, Hold on. Yeah. She ain't want to come to the locker room no more because she got her own thing going right. on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she got she something else to do. Yeah. I miss those days. So. <laughs> it's special though, for sure. And for them to actually... My son, he threw the ball to Clay, said congratulations. Then he waited for two seconds. He said, give me the ball back. I want to play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love that. I love yeah. that. How proud of Seth you are, like, to, to see Ooh. his journey and to to see him Another on this one. level. Like, he here. He ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he here. And he going to be here for a long time shooting that thing, too. You made school figure, like, oh, it's in the blood. Yeah. Like, now nah, we got to... We can't let Seth go through this this mug and go to Davidson or, or any of that. He got to go somewhere. So he went, we went to the same high school my senior year. We played on the same team as a sophomore year. Mm. So when I got out, you know, went to Davidson and all that conversation started, it was the my sophomore year in college that he was a senior in high school. Mm-hmm. And so he's like going through the same recruiting process and all that. And the same thing was happening. And he ended up at Liberty University. That's what I was about to say. He didn't for, go to do first. Freshman, he went somewhere yeah, else first. Fresh, yeah. His freshman year, he played at Liberty University in the Big South. So it was the exact same kind of situation. But for him, they played crazy defenses against him in their conference, the like the box and one, triangles and two, mm-hmm. like yeah. all that stuff to take him out because he was killing like his whole year. <laughs> uh, after his freshman year was over, him and my dad were talking about like, yo, knowing how, you know, Steph's, you know, career at Davidson went, like, if you're not playing on the tournament and not making that run, like, can you actually get enough attention to uh, get yourself a chance to play in the league? And for him, like, he's such a confident dude. He's like, just get me on that stage, that high D1 situation. I'm going to show you people mm-hmm. what I'm about. And he got in, uh, got Coach K's attention, yeah, transferred uh, and did his thing for three years that he was there. And to see him go through that process and then get hit with you know an injury coming out of his senior year where he missed the draft process and all that and having to kind of start from scratch makes me even more proud of what he's yeah. you know accomplished because his path was even more uncertain than than mine um, in terms of having to go on a training camp deal and go to you know two different G leagues. He had I think four different ten day call ups before yeah. he got his first deal in Sacramento. And then once he got an opportunity, he's always like, just give me an opportunity and I'll I'll prove myself and I'll show y'all, yeah. you know, that I'm capable of playing on this level. And then from there the rest is history. He's gotten better every single every year. Every year. Every year. He's a go to guy. Like he's a playmaker. He obviously can shoot the ball, yeah. can defend. Um, and it's just wild to know, like, like you said, he's here. He's a he's yeah. a he's a vet now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're we're NBA players and we you know we have kids, so our kids instantly go in this in this pile of NBA kids, you know what I'm saying? So when you when you see like somebody like Seth with all that expectation 
from your dad, from you, mm-hmm. to get the opportunity to do what he do That's and tough. make it on that level to just put his own mark, man. Like us guys love to see that stuff. Like uh, you, really, you understand how hard it is, man. That's yeah, it's hard. That's like how hard it is. They be on you miss a shot. Oh man, you can't shoot like <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't shoot like your dad and I. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just it'd it be crazy. And if you feed into that, yeah. it can mess your whole thing up, man. But I'm definitely proud of him, man. I'm, I, I love to see him. That's play. wild though. I'm sitting here thinking about it. He's saying that I play against your daddy and both his sons. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. You yeah. I mean, that's I'm blessed. That's right. You know that's what I'm right. saying? I mean, I'm blessed, right. brother. Right. You know what I'm saying? Control Conquer that feet, player. You, thank you. Something else, Steph. Controlling our damn narrative out here. I ain't know. We, we, we always want our name in the rap. You know, Steph Curry with the shot. One of the biggest artists in the world. He the chef and now. Other. He the chef and, now. And, and, and all that just... To hear your names in the culture, you know, it's part of us. That's like the process of being the man, like hearing your name. And to hear like Drake and just other guys say your name in songs, like how does that feel for you? I don't even know how to put that in words. It's surreal because like the first one, they don't nobody ever call you and tell you like yo. Nah, I'm about it just to- pop up. <laughs> <laughs> well, bro, bro, you yeah, gotta understand like he didn't leveled up so far that they passed like his wife and stuff in rap because <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying yeah, like yeah. it ain't even uh, just him at this point. He, uh, you know what I'm I was talking about Cardi B. She had the line like. Uh, uh, I think it's how I want to get married, like the Curry, Steph, and Aisha, but we is more yeah, like I Belly, and Tommy, and Keisha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I said, now that, 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 that's, that's another that's level. That's ballers. Like, yeah. <laughs> but me and Drake actually talked about it because I was, I asked, I asked that question, like, yo, you, you ain't like give a heads up. It's just, you know, them dropping this bar, you name it, the whole deal. And obviously that song is, is, is unreal. But just to know, like, how much they're inspired and appreciate what you do, that like, to the yeah. point where they it's on the top of the mind when they're in the studio doing the whole process and all that. So that that respect is so much back and forth. So uh, I do need somebody to get like the playlist going of every, every mention, every just so I can mention. just have that in the archives. Oh yeah, that's that's that, that'll you know. be that happen as soon as this happens. Somebody <laughs> gonna run that for somebody you. Somebody gonna run that for me right quick. This this is what I want to know because I you know, born and bred, I'm a Chicago kid, so. I take offense to hearing <laughs> that you think your Warriors team was it with or without KD? No, it was with. With it KD. With. I'm not really tripping whether it was with or without. I just want to be sure for the clarification of the world right now. I'm, I, 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 you said y'all could beat MJ in the Bulls. Yeah. I said it, and I told. Uh, uh, the floor is yours. Explain. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's the it's the best place to sit because I could be right, I could be wrong, and ain't no everybody. Yeah, nobody can ever, you know. But the best part is, I, I talked to MJ over the summer when uh, I did an interview with him talking about golf. Mm-hmm. Ironically, he would be disappointed. I think if I didn't have that confidence Damn in my right. team, because if anybody is going to try to measure up with him and the dynasty of the Bulls, you can't you have no other attitude than that. So I love it, though, because as, as any hoop head and anybody who, who watched that team and know how great they were and, and how great he is, the greatest ever, like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm just going to be on the record. I'm I'm going with MJ in right, the Bulls. Right. I, I, listen, Wait, at least I, is it, how many wins can we get then? I said Warrior Dubs and Six, which you like. You gotta give us a Jordan. Don't go seven. That's what I'm saying. Mike don't do that, so I'm gonna give y'all a Warrior Dubs and Six. He went on a 
right, well, Mike ain't never with the game court, seven. He he don't the really road, he, listen, Mike right. don't listen. This is what they got to understand when we start. This is what I tell people when we start talking about, I ain't going to go into all of this, but I'm just saying. They shouldn't have asked me the question then. No, I feel you. That's right. They shouldn't have. But I'm just, like, when we, like he said, he, he, how many times he been there? Six. How many times know, he won? I know. Six. <laughs> like, listen, <laughs> I'm from Chicago where we all still firmly believe, had he not taken that break, we running eight, nine of them off. We sitting there, like, when he came fresh out, when he, Came from baseball and came back. We said we won. I'm talking, he ain't played yet. Yeah, he said, I'm back. We said we won. <laughs> That's how we felt and we thought in Chicago. Like, he back, we won. Scotty's still there. We good. Like, it's over. Something about me just want, I just want to know what that felt like. Cause, like, I grew up watching the Hornets. And yeah. I love my dad. That's a different, it's just a different fan experience, right? It's Listen. a new team. They got to the second round a couple of times, but to know like that confidence as a fan. That was, every person in the city felt like that. You, Mike said on back, we was, said we won. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that means you definitely remember them LJ grandma mom oh, commercials and all that stuff. Well, listen. Those are the best, man. Between between, you had the part. I used to have the part down the middle, like 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 grandma, mom, boy. Had the uh, the Lonzo crazy wristband. She getting a shot off mugs. My dad, Kendall Gill. We had they had a squad. Shout out KG. Shout out. I'm gonna ask you. You the only person that get played the way you you play. You've seen all kind of defenses. Yeah. Like different strategies. How is that to see like the biggest league ever, the highest level ever? I'm the only person in this league getting guarded like this. And sometimes <laughs> that can be, you know what I'm saying? At yeah. your height, at your length, it's a lot of guys at your size that they can try to throw at you, double team you, or not let you do that. And, you know, guys just haven't got to that level yet. They don't play the way you play. I mean, I, obviously it's, it's respect and knowing what I'm capable of on the floor. But it's weird. I don't know if I'm wired different. It's one time that I got I gave into it and was like, yo, what what is going on? That was during the finals when they ran Toronto ran the box and won. And I'm looking around like, yo, we in the finals, right? Like, this is a fright. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't seen this since college or high school. What's, what's going was, on? The one time I was looking around like, yo, what's going on? The rest of the time it's like a challenge like in terms of how can I adapt, evolve, figure out something different. Because like you said, you know, six three, six three wingspans, like like creating space for me is different than other guys in terms of being able to get your shot off and find different ways to score at the rim, mid range, three, all that type of stuff. So, you know, I love the style of being able to play on and off the ball and like just the chaos that you can create even if I don't have it. Like those possessions are are mad fun to me. Just you get off of it, you run down the lane, come off a screen, two people come with you, somebody get a layup. Like that brings joy to like the way that I approach the game. So it's always going to be an evolution the rest of my career, just trying to figure out ways to stay impactful. That's the that cheat front. code right there. That's where he's a cheat code because <laughs> I'm serious. Like just what you just said, like you're going to take the ball from him, right? Like, okay, well, I'm going to go turn into Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and run yeah, all the Brown a million times and screens. And, but then I could get the ball screen and, roll. and be AI with a ratchet. I know if I was going here, what I hate, them fucking flare screens. <laughs> he come out that mug and he just looking like this and he just running. <laughs> I'm like, man, what? He come. He just came off the screen. And he acting like he. Oh, I just got it. Just threw it right back to flash screen. Yeah. Like, like those flash screens be killing folks. That's when I when I broke the record. That was one thing I wanted to make sure I acknowledge. Is you know, 
the people that sacrifice their body like to set the screens for me because I can be as fast as I want to be running off the screens like like between Draymond and uh, Bogut, D. Lee, uh, Fess Azili, uh, Mo Spates. I had, I'm probably gonna leave somebody out, but I had so many guys in that window that Zaza Javel like set amazing screens for me that it made it work. So it all it all works together. The biggest year that I could liken to when I can even try and compare like I did when I was in Phoenix right when we first started just mm -hmm. letting it go we was the first year we I would get 17 three-point attempts sometimes 18 like I legit would come down and be like I look at it like you know how you know your boys on the other team we'd be standing in front I'd be like next time I touch that thing it's going up I don't care where it's at right <laughs> so look you know be laughing and talking like and I promise you I, I didn't man that, that thing that skipped to me before I didn't pick yeah, it up off the ground and heaved it then look and so look what I see from you, like I see sometimes when you get in the rhythm, and I promise you, I used to do this sometimes when I was in Phoenix. Cause this, I had a lot of games with seven and six. So if I feel like I'm hot, yeah, I play with it. Like, yeah. okay, this next one, I'm about to shoot this thing so high to the ref. It's like <laughs> I'm asking because I feel like I've seen you do that. I'm asking to make sure because I know sometimes he comes down and blah, blah, blah. Then he just... I'm like, hold up. There's a little bit of that game within the game. <laughs> I'm telling you, because you're feeling yourself so much like, I wonder if I could do this. When you have that of irrational confidence that you don't care about the results, you're like, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I had a lot, a, a lot of that in film. A lot of that in film. I'm telling you, when you got that coach, they ain't going to say nothing. Shout out Coach D, boy. ain't going to say nothing. Ain't no bad shot. That's a different That's a different level you get to. I like that. I'm telling you. I like that. Was it the irrational confidence or was it? The way teams were guarding you, they led you to shooting forty footers. Cause we're like, me and Drew call you like, like you. I know you the initiator of it, but Dame and mm -hmm. Trey Young, y'all, we call y'all Range Rovers. Y'all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like y'all boys shoot anywhere, come in, y'all got in the gym range. Like, how did it legit come to the point to? All right, I'm about to come across half court and crack you. <laughs> I didn't have that range in first maybe one or two years, but it's mostly the irrational confidence and work that you put in, and then it became a reaction to how defensive guarding you, like where is the the, the most amount of space. Right. Um, and you have to balance those two because, yeah, everybody got space 28 feet, but is that a good shot? It, it came with time, and it was just a natural progression of, of my game throughout the years. And then once you hit a couple though, and you like, it's not, it ain't luck. It's like once you establish, you know, this is where I'm at, like that's a good feeling to have knowing that you can surprise defenses no matter what, because it's hard to defend that shot. One of my favorite ones is when, I think it was against the Clippers. I think it was against the Clippers. You didn't zip, zam, boom, oh, and tan, yeah, yeah, yeah. did a turnaround <laughs> and just threw it. And Steve Kerr like, no, and then it hit it, he like, he walking back on. <laughs> so that was Coach's like, first year. Uh, that was fourteen fifty season. His first year, and he's trying to come in and implement the system. So like, how did that that progression movement, go? Maybe hit the open guy. Every something good is gonna happen, and I must have not heard that. <laughs> Near that lesson. <laughs> so his like he's coming in with a certain perspective, and that was his. I, I didn't get to see his reaction in real time. I saw it afterwards, so it was beautiful. Knowing uh, there's been plenty of times where he's done that, and I missed, <laughs> and he's like, I'm, then I look over there, and I, my bad, my bad. But uh, more times it works out. Of course, you're saying your dad, but who's some of them guys that it was like, man, I want to be like, like him. I want to be like that person. 
Steve Nash and Reggie Miller were the two guys that I watched. And as I got older, I feel like, oh, I could kind of combine the two yeah. and, and and morph into one. I mean, everybody love MJ. Everybody love AI. Y'all can't beat him. Yeah, y'all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all had to so find as it a, out at as some a point. Fan, <laughs> as a fan, as a fan, as as somebody who just love, you know, like creativity, competition, and just basketball at the highest level, like those two guys. Who was that uh, one person sure. that people not might not really know, or they might not be the biggest fan of? He was like, man, he it was something about him. I just loved him. <laughs> You know what's funny? I, I'm forgetting it. Uh, what was Martin that played for Sacramento? Uh, Kevin Martin? Yeah. Kevin oh, Martin. yeah. Martin. Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin. Had, 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 had to kind of wind up jumping. So he was a dude that had to, like, nobody would teach us for him, right? But for some reason, every time you got you guard him, you knew, like, I'm like, yo, I might get a block tonight because he's going to do like this, <laughs> and I'm going to be able to swipe down on it. And every he, and he was like, we have like, like we call them the Warrior All Star Team. It's the five guys that when you play against them, they have career nights every night. Like Brandon Jennings was on that. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin Martin was on that list. Like every night that dude was. <laughs> and I'm like, I just love the way that you how uncanny it is that you can get your shot off and and uh, do it with such un unorthodox form. But we know it's coming, and you still do it. Like. He was a dude that I just appreciate, and he was a, a Southern Conference guy. <laughs> he went to Western Carolina, so I got to uh, – I didn't play against him, but we had that I special bond, yeah, that right. special bond. Tell me this, like, how do it feel – I know I know you're a humble humble dude, right? But how do it feel to, to get to the point to where people feel like you changed the game of basketball, like, globally? Like, you changed the way little kid, like, Mike had guys going out there trying to be like Mike and do crazy dunks and layups. Like, now, I don't care where you go. You turn on Baller's Life, any of the hoop mixtape, all this stuff. You go, you see kids trying to be Steph Curry, trying to come down, pull from wherever, whether it's they had any business doing it or not. You got the whole world trying to do that. I'm going to use this moment get on my soapbox and stop tagging me in all these horrible basketball clips of people taking bad shots <laughs> talking about I ruined the game. I did not tell y'all to shoot that <laughs> shot. I did not say Public shoot that shot. Public service announcement. There was one the other day, uh, Quigley took a shot in transition. I probably would have shot that shot, but I did not tell him to shoot that shot. <laughs> and they uh, just tagged me left and right, left and right, like, yo, uh, you've ruined the game. Thanks, like, thanks, though. I'm like, yo. <laughs> you the guru. They sent them all to you. No, I just play it, but it's, like it's funny, though, because I appreciate the ability to change the way people approach the game is unreal because the three-point shot and just shooting the basketball is – it's a skill that everybody can work on. Like mm -hmm. you can get better at that. Like I truly believe that. How much better? Who knows? But not everybody can just go do calf raises and feel like you can get a forty-inch vert. Nobody yeah. can uh, grow six inches like that. Right. Yeah. You can shoot the ball, and no matter what level you play, what league it is, how big you are, it don't matter. Like every like everybody. It's a common thread amongst basketball players. You have to be able to shoot the ball. So to have affected that skill set in the game, which is probably the most important in the game. Like, that's dope. And it's also the responsibility of being able to teach the next generation and make sure that that messaging is there for them, that that is possible. Like, I've stretched the imagination and the creativity of what you can do on the basketball floor, but 
don't skip. You see me over here. Don't skip this part. This part's the work. I mean, and that's what to me. That's what separate. Like when you when you get in the class, like it's not a lot of people that, that, that get that said about them. Like you didn't say it, but like to have people saying, "Oh, you like you think about it." That's like who Will Kareem, yeah, MJ, Doctor J. You know what I'm saying? Even the magic like and those guys, like yeah, Dirk. Yeah. Like those, it's, it's not a lot of dudes who could say like, mm, saying you want MVPs, want championships, but to say that like, hey, this dude changed the game globally. Got like when Iverson came, mm-hmm. he had the whole yeah. entire world talking about. <laughs> I don't care if you could do it or not. Everybody was all over here with like that's like some once in a lifetime type stuff. Like yeah. where you get get that type of. You know, credit for something, and then you you literally see it. You look around, and it's everybody doing that. It's 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 uh. I mean, hopefully, it's inspirational. I hate to use that term, but it's um, it's something that will live for uh, forever. I think, in terms of how how kids approach the game and uh, and what they can imagine themselves doing. So it's good for the game Mm because, like, man, back in the day, they were shooting four threes. A whole team was shooting four threes a game, and. Just showed that's what the reason the court is that big. Mm-hmm. We can use all of it. Like every kid, every player want how they own shoe. You didn't went from own shoe to a whole damn brand. Like, that's crazy. what do that feel like? Like you right now got a Curry brand Scully on. Yeah, right? I need one. Like we got on Jordan. You got the ball head. I gotta make sure it's warm, especially where we at in Milwaukee. I got the winter no cut look. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's an amazing opportunity to continue to bring people along in this journey with me. So I got my first signature shoe in 2015 to now have your own brand that you get to, you know, inspire kids, inspire people to change their communities in the way that they can. And that's such a universal sentiment that anybody can adopt because you can fill in the gap of, of what that means uh, and who you get to affect and impact. And that's what the brand is all about. And then, you know, from an athlete perspective, like the signature shoe business, we all know is is hard. Like yeah. it's a it's a, every year you got to continue to elevate and continue to evolve and high, it's, you know set standards high. So that process has been unbelievably like fun and, and rewarding. Um, and to know that I'm like my ninth signature shoe. Uh, we got a running shoe, a lifestyle shoe. We in the golf now, right? And everything that we do and we sell is uh, tying to uh, giving back to the community to help youth sports continue to service you know the next generation and provide opportunities for kids to play and, and have safe places to go play too. So everything about it is is authentic to me. I know we're just getting started. Like, that's the dope part. Like, you know, it could be something that's around for a long time. How, how does it feel to be a power couple? Like, be a part of a power couple? Like, a lot of... lot of. That's a great... I mean, go ahead. I mean, Follow-up <laughs> to the question, but it's a... No, go it's, ahead. it's a interesting position because not many people know our backstory. Like, we met in high school yeah. um, at youth group, honestly. You know, started dating my after my freshman year in college and everything was just a natural progression of just sharing life and living and figuring it out on the fly together and you ride that wave together and your bond is so tight and all the experiences you do together that it's really hard to understand as the rocket ship kind of goes through and basketball success and her career success all kind of align how you're received and what the conversations are and like whatever power couple means in that in that respect what we pride ourselves on is trying to be as real as possible and understand like people are inspired by, you know, couples that have 
quote unquote figured it out or uh, stand for something and have you know something to share. Yeah. But we don't put ourselves on that platform on that of like yeah. you know of of what that means. It's just living life and and, and sharing you know bits and pieces of of who we are. So I appreciate that so much because. If you think about like everything we talked about, everything that's happened, like she's been by my side from day one, Definitely. and uh, I wouldn't trade that for the for the world. Yeah. And now that we have our kids, like we have a, a shared perspective on how yeah. we're trying to raise our kids amidst amidst all this chaos and yeah. and the platform and, and the bright light. So, you know that's helpful. And and obviously, you know, you don't know what the future's gonna hold, and and uh, we're all trying to figure it out and, and adjust as you go through the different seasons in life. Um, and we're going to keep sharing that as much as we can. Well, so. we love the Currys as a whole, you know, the whole family. So, man, y'all keep on doing y'all thing. We definitely appreciate y'all, how y'all represent us. It's, it's good Absolutely. to see you and your family doing y'all I thing. appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. I want to know, where, where you accredit, like, the philanthropy and the, the selflessness of you and the giving back and the Every time you turn around, you're doing something dope in the community, giving back, giving shoes, creating shoes for the little girls. When you know all of those different things, not taking the proceeds, giving the proceeds to this and that. Like we know that's rare. You know what I'm saying? I don't know that the you know world really understanding. But where do you think you got that put in your heart to be that type of person? And like literally, every time you turn around, I'm like, damn man, like this dude, like boy, he, every time you turn around, he doing something dope for the for the for the community and I mean, stuff. That, what do you think you got that, that from? The the philanthropic efforts and just the focus on it and making it a priority started with my parents. My, my pops had computer learning centers in Charlotte, the greater Charlotte area. And maybe two, three times a year, he was opening up a new one. Me and my siblings would go volunteer and do all that. So I got to see like how basketball could lead to an impact in the community that uh, for a fan base and, and people that supported them on the court, he was able to support them right back. Yeah. And so that's initiated everything that I've tried to do and doors that are open to me from the, you know, my successes on the court and, and, you know, the platform to always, you know, find a way to think selflessly and try to give back. And then you can bring people along that journey with you. And so that for me is special, but it's also like my faith is huge to me in terms of like, I knew I was given a God given skill and ability to play this game and a love and a, and a, and a approach to it. Um, but there's always, always, always gratitude for mm -hmm. everything that I get. Like, it's not me. Like, I right. put the work in, but it's not me. And so if I can have an opportunity to to leverage that um, in, in a positive way, uh, I'm doing right by the blessings that I've been given. And so I have to make sure I say that out loud and make sure that that's a consistent you know thing because you can get lost in the sauce and the stuff pretty quick truly now that's um, why i'm sitting there bringing this up i'm saluting you from that standpoint because like you say we we all been in the league and we know how like you say you get busy and caught up in all of this stuff and like stuff. you know somebody mm -hmm. especially in your position has got so many things going on and for you to make that a focal point of yours to like you know what i'm saying because a lot of people we get a lot of money and we enjoy it and we do things so yeah. it's it's super dope for us to see how much you do for everybody else with that. Absolutely. That's big. Absolutely. And then you think about like the community that I, has supported me and my family. I moved to the Bay when I was 21 years old. Yeah. I've been there for 13 years. I raised my family there. The fan base has supported us through thick and thin. And me and my wife were able to start a foundation called Eat, Learn, Play that uh, services uh, 
99% of our work is, is done in Oakland. Um, around the next generation and setting up, you know, resources and the, the village around right. um, the the talent that is all throughout that city, but the opportunity is not. And so it's another way to give back to represent like, yo, basketball has been awesome. We've all had amazing experiences. We celebrated championships, we've done all this stuff. And this little orange ball has been the, the spark to that. But now, you know, it's gonna lead to, you know, changing lives dramatically. And then that can be able to pass the torch to somebody else. So I'm just doing my part. Tell us about some of these famous, these family like shootouts you gotta have. Like, some, what are some of the days? Like, was, was y'all daddy kicking y'all ass yes, for a long was. time? He always, y'all he finally, no like, smooth when you finally got, got that win, right where it's like, oh, he can't really fuck with me like that. I got that. I, I beat him in horse when I was thirteen, but it he consistent. always, he always like the you're only as good as your last game as he was saying. <laughs> yeah. And so he was just waiting for that next opportunity. True OG. He actually he won the last one. It was all three of us uh in the backyard at at the house in, in, in Charlotte. So he's like he is the reigning curry champ, I guess, right now. I Way hate to, to I hate to admit that, but like you said, shooters can always shoot too. That's the thing I I, I like and admire, but I hate at the same time because he's you know He's doing color commentating for the Hornets. <laughs> he probably shoots 10 shots a year, but when them 10 shots go up, <laughs> they show it. They show it. I've seen it. Ass. I've seen it looking smooth, <laughs> looking smooth. It's crazy. It's hey, listen, crazy. This, 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 you can just sit here and like, uh, Spectate this part of the conversation because we you ain't you ain't got nothing to do. We know Where you get a whole lot of dunks, whole lot of block shots, uh, whole lot okay. of this, but he ain't never won no three point com- uh, competition. You know what I'm saying? Me and you can sit here and oh. say that's, that's something I can say I did. You know what I'm saying? So we gonna go. I'm gonna turn. I'm gonna turn like this while we had this conversation. You feel me? Like talk about when you get up there and you sit on that little block. What that feel like? Right when you know you on deck when it's like the whole world about to watch you. You ain't. It's you in the ring. That's a different feeling. Like, you can't cross nobody. Off the rack. It's a wild adrenaline rush because, like you said, like, you know you got 60 seconds to get it in. And and especially if you miss them first two or three, you feel it's like the like, oh, <laughs> I airballed the first one before, like, like oh. <laughs> it's a different thing. Like, you know how different it is than just shooting the basketball in the game, like you say, and it's just you on the stage. But once you get hot, though, that's a that's one of the best feelings in the world. I, I would... I kid you not, like uh, the two times I've won it. Two times. Uh, I went up, yeah, it was a little hungry. Two, 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 time. <laughs> two times. Two times. <laughs> like you get hot and you feel it, you hear the crowd, and you know it, like it's just you. And you just say, how long can I keep this going? Just get to the last rack, get to the last ball. So uh, that is one of the best feelings in the world, uh, especially when you know, like, I was the last person to go, so I knew the number I had to hit, and like, just that competition, like I, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. I'm probably never gonna do it again. <laughs> <laughs> See, nah, when I was in my conversation, you right. I heard. I remember. I tell you, Shaq was right there when I come. You came oh, around to the yeah. last two. I got right? money on you. Shaq, <laughs> he was just, so I missed the first one, and then I hit the nine, the last nine straight. Yeah. So after I hit about two, he began. Yeah, you could just hear him, but I don't know why. I was like, I could hear him out of everything. You already know he loud, but he was like right there. Yeah. Then you said, like, yeah, you could hear the crowd going, huh, oh, mm-hmm. oh. So then I'm knowing, like, okay. I didn't know the score. Well, I thought I had tied it when I when, when I hit all uh, last. I thought yeah. I had tied when I got to the seat. I said, oh, shit. It's the I last say, one. Yeah, I said, that was two. I said, okay. I, I didn't credit that the money ball was two. I was like, okay, I got that. was when I, uh, That put me ahead of Corbin for that year, and I won it. That's you know big what I'm saying? Time. That's big How does it feel to be... Uh, Top 75, we watched the ceremony. 
for the, the 50th greatest. Elite. And I watched that the too. 75 greatest. I watched that you too. You in there. To be part of that next generation of 75 greatest players, like. I mean, sometimes you just stare at the list, and that says enough for me. Like you I just stare at the big list. O. Yeah. Big old Ooh. Kareem, Mike, Magic, Mag- like Isaiah, everybody. I can't really put it into words, just because like I watched that same ceremony. I saw the dope the jacket. Yeah, jacket. Yeah, I'm like, jacket, I, yeah. it's like the ten people I really didn't know. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah, <good."> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing just to know, like, yeah, from that time and just everything that's happened in between there. And to think about the crop of guys that are still playing. That um, got picked. And the guys that just retired, like, it's it's a special group to be a part of. Like, that's not even, I don't think that does it justice. It's just, it's something you never imagine until it happens. And something that every time you think about it or it's brought up, it'll always bring the same smile to my face. Because yeah. uh, Lee's only been around 75 years. You think about Crazy. it, just like you yeah. said, like, how many players are coming in? How many great players? Be a 70. Fifth anniversary, of, and they're gonna pick twenty five players. Like, what was your thoughts of that? Like, oh, do I got a chance of this? Did, like, they that gonna... was the first thought. And you got your people in your camp and all that who already started doing the list for you. Yeah, like, <laughs> please, like, okay, they you gotta pick humble. you, bro. You they gotta you pick you. you. They gotta pick a few more. You in there? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you all over there being humble. Like, vote ain't for another month, man. Y'all gonna have me over here, nervous wreck the whole time. But um, once once you start thinking about it, it's like, I think I've done enough to get on there. And like, until you actually hear hear your name on there, um, the full appreciation, the appreciation doesn't come. Cause you can think about like the, like Clay and the guys that are like, whatever, 77 through 90, like, yeah, I agree. But it's also like, there's so many amazing basketball players that you suit up with and against and all that type of stuff. So it's a special accomplishment. You gotta be excited for what, like we don't even know what it's gonna be, but you know All-Star is gonna be some grand celebration. I don't know if y'all gonna get some jackets or whatever y'all, y'all gonna get something. The some jackets stuff. might be in store. I think somebody did ask for the measurements. Okay, but, uh, see, 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 there it is. <laughs> they they, they, gotta, get a they gotta get some dope. Cause them, them jackets Mike the man on when they go to the- Like you <laughs> said, you, like, gonna, you gonna be going and getting enshrined and it's gonna be that moment. I don't know if they gonna have everybody there or how they gonna do it, but like that is like, to know that you amongst them type of people is unreal, dude. Uh, I know how many people are be there in person. You like see them on paper is one thing, but seeing like <laughs> all on the same court, that's yeah. gonna be a whole another vibe. So we'll see what happens. How is it like, you know, y'all go to the championship four out of five years or, or something? Five in a row. Five in a row. Lost, yeah, lost two of them. But how was the rebuild? Seeing these young guys come in, they ain't about bringing a veteran in because we still are. It's like about a rebuild. Yeah. Not really a rebuild, but you a rebuild. You call it that because it was, it was the injury part that took away the core that then forced you into a different kind of situation really quick. For as many you know good breaks as we had, we had a lot of bad breaks at the mm-hmm. end of the run. and. You know, obviously KD's injury and then him leaving, Clay's injury, having, you know, missed now two, you know, two years. I got, I broke my hand, missed five months, um, you know, that season. You understand the big picture of, you know, it might look different. We still have our same core. If we can just get healthy, we're going to have a shot. But you don't know how to fill in the gaps and like, Mm -hmm. you know, what it's going to take because especially nowadays, like player movement and all that stuff is so, is so wild 
you know, retooling is, is pretty hard. But then you get to this season and like, honestly, I didn't think we'd start off as, as hot as we have, you know, because we had like, we knew we had what we, what we needed, but chemistry takes a while to build. Yeah. But we've tried to expedite that. And now we're in a really good position to implement clay back. Hopefully get, you know, James Wiseman in there. We got some really talented yeah, young guys them. mixed with the, Basically, the, they the, the veteran they arms crossed looking at everybody mm-hmm. said it was over. Like I think it helped y'all get the pieces it, like, that y'all kind of needed to get uh, the sure. last couple of years with, nah, with guys getting job. older and guys retiring. Y'all missing. I feel like, man, y'all got a... Y'all got a lot to choose from. Y'all got Gary Payton Jr. over there, man. Y'all got Lee over there, man. Y'all got a lot of young talent. First of all, to mix just with like y'all. you said earlier, who was messing up? How Gary Payton Jr. wasn't the second? I'm sorry. How he like? Come on, bro. Like just from a strictly from a defensive standpoint, how he wasn't playing, how he wasn't on the team, how he like. I, I can ask all those questions. He tell you he's gotten better, but I would, I'm asking those same questions because mm. he, he he affects the game. That's all you want, people that affect the game. Yeah. Not your top five, but your favorite five players. Your favorite five. My favorite five. This ain't about who you thought was the best. This just I who know. Like, My this, favorite this. five. Mm. Um, from we watching the game, it was MJ, AI, Steve Nash, Reggie Miller, and Muggsy was my like I'm uh, sorry, Pops. You, <laughs> Pops the honorable mention just on that on that list, but I still can't get over the visual of just watching Muggs play. Like Straight it's still up. to me is just one of the most like amazing, amazing accomplishments <laughs> of all time. I'm gonna ask you a uh, start bench cut. All right. This is what they trying to get you in I know, let's, let's, let's go. Gary Payton, C-Bay. Jason Kidd, all day. Oh my god. Isaiah Thomas. Oh my god. God. Yeah, start one. We got trade one. I ain't gonna let you cut no. Start bench trade. Uh, Gary Zeke, Payton, Jason Kidd, and you get me in trouble because I'm playing with his son. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I want to ask you about him too. And uh, J Kid, mm. J Kid, we starting J Kid. Oh my! How you pick between Zeke and GP? You gotta you, you trade GP and you bench Zeke. That's uh, that's crazy. That's like, what you want to do. You got <laughs> CGP. You the one got CGP. No? <laughs> this is what I like to ask. I know you humble though, so I don't know what I'm gonna get. <laughs> when you first got some cash, like you know, what I'm saying I ain't talking about like, all right, I'm about to go, you know, buy a house. And I don't hear about none of that. Like I like how you got ice on daddy, right now. Yeah. Like what did you do? When you felt comfortable, like I got a little something, I could, I could, I could, I could do something nice for myself. What did the chef do? What did Chef Curry do? He got a little change in his pocket, a little See, pocketbook I, money. The the car is one thing. When you feel confident enough to put your initials and logo and stuff all up in the seats and the <laughs> rims and the in the back and the leather and the stitching and suede and all. Oh, when you do that, that for me was like. Big time. Big time. And then not knowing what I was doing, I sold a car like a year later. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's everybody, though. You're getting that one type of crap in there, then they're like, you ain't going to get no money for it no more. It fools more. us you every just, time. You just ruined it. <laughs> fools us every time. Every time. It was a rite of passion in the league. Oh, I remember that like it was yesterday. All right, man. That's been a wrap, man. We appreciate Chef Curry, the best shooter on the planet ever walking. 
to pull up on us. You know what I'm saying? This was real. We appreciate you, fam. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. No fight for good. All right, we want to thank y'all for your continued support of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also find all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast and join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players Tribune.com